Welcome everyone to another episode of the Bleed Hockey Podcast, episode 90. Uh, we are at episode 90, and as for the season as a whole, because this is season four of the Bleed Hockey Podcast, um, as I look through my archives, episode 13, episode 13, how about that, even though it's reversed on the, on the recording. I don't know why it's mirrored, but whatever. Um, at least if you're watching on the video side of things on YouTube. Uh, if not, and you're listening to it uh, on the podcast side of things, well, you can't see it. So there you go. Um, got a little bit of news. Um, and then roundup of the divisions and spoil alert. Not a lot of movement. But uh, there's one team that... Uh, Finally did some movement, and yeah, it's about damn time, but we'll get into that on the other half of the episode. So first off, diving in to basically the main event of the whole thing out of the gate. So as I name this title of the this episode, Protocols May Be a Thing of the Past. And I say maybe because number one, it's by a certain degree, depending on who you are, you may not have to be on the list probably ever again. Um, but well, but so what I'm talking about is about last well, like I, I know it was after the Blade Hockey podcast last week, where uh, NHL announced that after the All Star break they will no longer be testing asymptomatic players uh, to be put on protocol. Because you can't get put on protocol if you don't get tested. So if you're asymptomatic because they're tired of people saying, oh, yeah, I got pop positive, but uh, didn't have any symptoms. And I was just sitting around in my house playing pool or whatever. Um, didn't feel anything. I got to play. Like, there's nothing wrong with me. <laughs> so... Yeah, so they're going to not be testing asymptomatic players anymore. Um, and the only time that everyone uh, outside of the mass testing of everybody when team uh, all the players return back to their teams after the All-Star break is over, uh, just like the during the uh, return from the extended uh, Christmas break, that all the players would get tested after they get tested. Friggin' Unless you're unless you're crossing the Canadian U.S. border, you um, you're not getting tested if you're asymptomatic. So you might see a sharp decline of players going to the protocols, uh, the protocol list, which is good for play uh, for teams, um, so they don't be losing a lot of players. And it seems that a lot of the key players are the ones that are asymptomatic, so it kind of helps out there. Um, also kind of going hand in hand with that sort of is, um, so for the longest time, uh, or I can't find that the longest time, but for a while, the Ontario government governing province of Toronto and Ottawa, uh, announced that the Maple Leafs and the Ottawa centers can return to 50% capacity as they, uh, heightened their, uh, 
protocols, their own providential uh, protocols with assembly, like mass assembly of people. And they couldn't really have any people. They don't think they had any people in the stands for Toronto and uh, Ottawa and their games. That's why actually a couple of games, even though that, you know, everything was hunky dory with the team as a whole, is because they want to recoup some revenue, they move some and postpone some games because of that. Um, that's why the Blues, when they were in town uh, to go face off against Maple Leafs and uh, the Senators, they're like, yep, nope, you go home. You go home right now because uh, they ain't making the money. Uh, so, yeah, go home. So they'll be recouping some revenue with these rescheduled games, and they can return to 50% capacity on February 21st and full capacity on March 14th. But obviously, that is not a concrete thing because, you know, depending on, you know, how things shake out, it may get worse, may get better out there. They may just decide, hey, maybe we need to push stuff back and do this and that. So as of now, returning 50% capacity on February 21st and full capacity on March 14th. Hopefully everything will be great and fine and hunky-dory, especially uh, once the um, weather starts warming up because that's typically when, you know, disease season seems to get better. So there you go. Uh, Montreal Canadiens have named their 18th general manager in franchise history, and his name is Kent Hughes, uh, replacing the former general manager, uh, Mark Bergevin, who's currently in the front office for the LA Kings now. So there you go. Uh, and then Kent Hughes was a player agent re- uh, representing clients such as Patrice Bergeron. Never heard of him. Chris Letang and uh, Ottawa Senator Drake Batherson. So um, some notables there. And obviously he, he knows the, the agent side of the game when it comes to negotiations. Now he can take that expertise and, uh, use that toward the other side, the general manager side of the aisle. So uh, maybe he can uh, do some good things for the Montreal Canadiens since they've fallen off of a goddamn cliff after going to the Stanley Cup final in the 2021. Uh, what was it 2021? Or was it 20? Yeah, it's 2021. Uh, the 2021 um, Stanley Cup final. So yeah, we'll see how that shakes out for him. But yeah, um, in other news, um, sad to say, sad to say that, um, Matt Kachuk, Matthew, uh, Brady Kachuk and Robert Thomas, the St. Louis trio two being from here, one being a part of the blues, uh, did not make the last men in vote as, uh, they NHL have announced that Troy Terry, Nazem Kadri, Jake Gensel and Steven Stamkos will be the last men in for their divisions. Stamkos for the Atlantic, Gensel for the uh, Metropolitan, Kadri for the Avalanche, and Terry for the Pacific Division for the All-Star Game. That's on February 5th. Yeah, February 5th is when uh, the All-Star Game is in wonderful Las Vegas. Um, There you go. Uh, the Premier Hockey Federation, or formerly known as the National Women's Hockey League, uh, since I'm one of those few YouTubers that actually do talk about the PHF uh, every now and again, 
Um, is more than doubling each team's salary cap to $750,000. So they're starting to do a steady increase and in trying to um, make the league more profitable. Uh, and adding two expansion franchises next season. I tried looking in to see where they put those uh, expansion franchises, but there hasn't, there hasn't been anything that I've heard um, or what they've you know said, hey, we're going to go here and here yet. But um, yeah, they're trying to do that in a bid to capitalize on um, the attention of women's hockey that's traditionally around the Winter Class, uh, the not Winter Classic, the Winter Olympics, because the big names in women's hockey are the ones that play in the Winter Olympics, and the game, and the players that play in the Winter Olympics don't play in the PHF because back when the the Canadian Women's Hockey League folded. They're like, all right, all right, all right. We're tired of not having a sustainable league where we can, you know, just basically play hockey and use that as our our job instead of having to take uh, second jobs, which a lot of them still do do that. Um, I mean, kind of have to uh, as of right now. Um, but yeah, they're trying to make it to where they're like, hey, we're starting to become more sustainable. How about you guys give us a try? And honestly, I've been saying this from the beginning, that if they want the sustainability, they have the, the fanfare around their names, those players' names. If they were to go into the PHF, the PHF would probably be way more popular than it already is because then you could see a freaking... Uh, I, don't, I don't think she plays anymore. Megan Duggan, a freaking uh, Hillary Knight, or Nate, uh, um, Natalie Spooner, or go on, you know, on and on and on. Seeing them in a league, you know, outside of the every four years when they play in the Winter Olympics, you know, you can take that notoriety that's attached to their name and, you know, pump up those numbers, pump up those numbers and ratings, pump up those numbers and um revenue which you know i think for sure on top of the fact that i that they do still broadcast on twitch they still do the the twitch streams of all the games but then they also have the espn plus um broadcast as well which i'm finding that it looks like it's helping them for sure, uh, especially when they're doubling each uh, each team's salary cap to seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So, yeah, if the uh, trajectory keeps going, then uh, they'll be good to go there. So we'll see how that shakes out for them. Um, I'll end on this one because, yeah, I'll end on that one. Um, so quick stat before we get into uh, talking about this horrible human being. Um, that with this past game where the St. Louis Blues absolutely obliterated the <laughs> Seattle Kraken 5 nothing in their own building um, marked their 24th regulation loss uh, in their inaugural season um, which they got to their 24th regulation loss uh in their 40th game so they've played 40 games into the season 
and got to 24 regulation losses. So the record 12, 24, and 4, which we'll get into on the second half of the break as well. Standings. Um, an interesting tidbit of information, which is also reflecting essentially when we, the, see, the season recap of like, all right, this is what I predicted the standings to be like, and these are what, what they actually were. As it still looks like anything can happen, but it still looks like I'm going to be dead wrong for this about the Seattle Kraken finishing, you know, second in the division as they're currently, spoiler alert, still last in the Pacific. That the uh, as a comparison to their expansion brother, the Golden Knights, with the same rules. The only difference is that Seattle had to pay 150 million more to get their team than Vegas did. The Golden Knights, with 82 games played, only lost 24 regulation games with a record of 51, uh, 24, and 7, and went all the way to the Stanley Cup final and only to lose to the Washington Capitals in five games. So, yeah, although... I can see a lot of people with that may think, oh, well, then surely Seattle's just crap. Well, you can't fully say that because the Golden Knights from the beginning, like from the beginning, Bill Foley, the owner of the Golden Knights, was basically like, listen, I'm in win now mode now. Like, I have a winning bubble right now that I want to win a Stanley Cup. In the first six years of this franchise, his existence, we will win the Stanley Cup. That is my goal. That is the goal that I'm setting for this team. All right. They have one more year left on that. So if they don't win this year, they have one more. One more year. So if they don't make it by next year, goal failure. But Seattle, I'm fairly certain that that wasn't their intention to go and be like, all right, we're just going to be all in. Because honestly, if they were all in, there's way better picks that they could have made during uh, the uh, expansion draft. Definitely could have made some better picks. Also, a, a highlighting thing that tells you that is the fact that they actually have cap space. Well, Vegas is always having the freaking just like, all right, now if we carry it to two here, but then we plug it over here, um, making it, you know, kind of, they're, they're having to do some witchcraft with the cap to make things work. While as for Seattle, they don't really have to worry about that. They've got plenty of cap space so they can maybe uh, after the season, they, you know, look and see what their team looks like. May see uh, people out, maybe uh, seeing about some free agents. We'll see. Also consider that this offseason, it's expected for the first time since the pandemic started that the cap can will uh, finally be uh, raised, although I think it's only by a million. So not much, but I mean, a million is definitely more than a million more is better than what they have now. So I guess that's better than nothing. So, um, but yeah, um, 24 Regulation losses in just 40 games played. Oof. Um, but hey, 
it'll be it's a learning thing for Seattle. And it's gonna take time. It's better, it's honestly better to slow burn than just freaking fizzle out real fast because when you fizzle up too fast and you're signing all these players to all these big contracts, you're bound to blow up and not in a good way, but we'll see. We'll see how that all shakes out. But um, yeah, let's talk about this, uh, this human piece of garbage, piece of human garbage right here. Uh, San Jose Barracuda Ford, Christoph, Harabic, Harabic, um, which I want to I want to make sure I get his name correctly because you know that that's a name that you're gonna have to you know remind like remember it's gonna have to be one that you remember because we we all in this age like we we talk about how you know people being woke people being too sensitive and all that stuff right well I mean I can see. I see nowadays where, yeah, there's a lot of instances where people be too sen- are too sensitive about a lot of things. But there's one thing that is not tolerable, regardless of how you look at things, at least it shouldn't be tolerable, is when people, particularly my complexion, uh, make obscene gestures, not not giving the finger or anything like that, like straight up, like, even though we're the same species making uh, gestures about being like a monkey at another human being, that ain't cool. So Barracuda Ford, Christoph uh, Harabic decided that he wanted to do that uh, against a player by the name of Boko Imama on uh, January 12th. Um, And the Barracuda has decided on oh, no, the, no, yeah, the AHL has suspended him for 30 games uh, as a consequence of that. So I guess 30 games is worth that. Um, although, yeah, did he physically hurt him? No, but it's the, the principle of the, uh, the virtue the principle of, of it that um doesn't really strike well also consider you know i don't know it's just not something you want to read for people that in 2022 still have still having this issue um i mean you can even say granted aside you know he ain't even from the uh america or canada or anything like that but still uncalled for and even when you go to another country you've got to sometimes leave what you and what you think is acceptable back in your homeland out the way like throw that out the window because you're not there anymore you're here now new rules to be played by well that's not that's another thing a lot of people nowadays don't think don't realize because they think that everyone needs to have their whole the way that they think the world works that everyone should contour them now no that's not how that works people are trying to make it work that way but it's not how it's supposed to work that way it's not supposed to work that way but yeah 
Um, Christoph Harabic suspended for 30 games. I really hope he uh, thinks long and hard. And even if he doesn't think long and hard and tries to do it again, I'm sure that the rest of the league has his name in, in the back of their minds and freaking just absolutely batter that dude. Absolutely destroy that dude. But, um, but yeah, and that's also why we have enforcers in the league to uh, teach people lessons when they uh, don't do what they're supposed to do. But yeah, that's that. And and this first half of the episode, uh, when we get back from the break, talk about standings. All right, now we're back. Um, First off, I I don't even say this in the beginning of the episode, but um, for those watching the video version of this, First time in a long while, wearing the reverse retro for the Minnesota Wild jersey. Um, just figured, hey, might as well, you know, pull it out. It's been a long while. It's a really nice jersey. Uh, don't know why, why that's relevant information, but hey, I felt I share. I felt I share, you know, um, for those that do care. But yeah, standings. Um, still not a lot of movement. Um, the only two divisions that had movement was Met- the Metropolitan and Central Divisions. Um, but yeah, the Atlantic Division, Montreal, still last place with a record of 8, 25, and 7. Ottawa, still seventh place with a record of 11, 20, and 3. Buffalo, still sixth place with a record of 13, 21, and 7. Detroit, still fifth place with a record of 18, 18, and 6. Boston Bruins still fourth place and hold the second wild card in the Eastern Conference still with a record of 24, 12, and 2. Um, finding their form there. Uh, Toronto Maple Leafs still third place in the division with a record of 25, 10, and 3. Tampa Bay still second place, a record of 28, 10, and 5. So they only have only mainly because they have less games played and also more regulation losses in Florida, who is currently first place with a record of 28, 8, and 5. The Metropolitan Division is finally starting to get a little interesting. I mean, it was already interesting, but now it's getting even a little bit more interesting. So first off, after a 10-plus, however, game losing streak, the Philadelphia Flyers, or eighth place in the Metropolitan Division with a record of 13, 20, and 8, falling down uh, one spot from seventh to sixth, which means, actually, no, I take that back. They fall two spots. I miss, miss, I was misconstrued with that. That's actually wrong. It's, they fell two spots from sixth to eighth from uh, last Saturday with a record of 13, 20, and 8. Which means the New York Islanders are finally, (laughs) finally, seventh place in the Metropolitan Division with a record of 14, 14, and six. Which means if the season right now, that means that I was right in thinking that the Islanders would be going up the standings and would not finish the, uh, the season with being last in the division. And I still think that they won't finish last in the division because they are much better than what they 
their record shows because they got absolutely destroyed with injuries and people and protocols and this and that and that and this. Freaking had the entire book thrown at them. And they're slowly, regardless if it was their doing or not, they're slowly climbing the standings. Will they make a playoff spot? I'm pretty sure I predicted that they would. Don't I mean there's still another half of the season. Anything's possible, but I would say that the odds are not in their favor, but they could do it. They could do it. There was a team in 2019 that was last place in the league and they ended up winning the Stanley Cup. So anything's possible. Anything's possible. Um, but yeah, in sixth place, New Jersey up one spot from seventh to sixth with a record of 15, 19, and five. The Columbus Blue Jackets, fifth place with a record of 18, 19, and one, still fifth place from last week. Washington Capitals falling out of the top three for the first time this uh, season uh, and hold the first wildcard spot in the Eastern Conference with a record of 23, 10, and nine. Those regulation, those overtime losses and shootout losses biting you in the ass and falling out of um, third, third place to fourth place in comparison to last week. And for the first time this season, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins are now finding themselves in the top three after them going on a win streak, unlike the, their uh, state neighbors, uh, their state cousins or state brothers, however you want to call it, the Flyers, when they're you know on their losing streak, Pittsburgh being on the win streak with a record of 25-10-5, and five, up one spot from fourth to third. Carolina Hurricanes still second place with a record of 27-9-2, and two, and the New York Rangers still standing pat first place with a record of 27-11-4. Now, Rangers, and also going back to the Atlantic Division with the Florida Panthers, there was, I was on, I was on Twitter the other day and saw that um, Jacob Chickren's name was floating around in the trending, at least my trending, um, and clicked on it. I'm like, all right, well, what's this about? Thinking, oh, he got traded. No, but apparently there's some uh, whispers going around that the Rangers and or the fly. Oh, oh, yeah, the Rangers or the Panthers may be in on Jacob Chicken around the deadline, which is sometime in March. I think, I think it's in March. But um, yeah. <laughs> Like, like those two guys, those two teams need to get any more dangerous. <laughs> yeah, let's just add a Jacob Chicken to the mix. But, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. It. We'll keep an eye on that. But I'm sure that if whenever that trade happens, I'll, uh, I'll have a video just for that, but which is a rarity nowadays uh, with the new format that I'm doing. But um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. But speaking of uh, Chicken's current team, the Arizona Coyotes, as we go into the Central Division, still eighth place. Surprise, surprise. With a record of 10, 26, and 4 after those aforementioned Rangers stomped them 7 to 3 yesterday. I was thinking about doing game or night, but I'm glad I didn't. Um, although I probably should get around to doing that more, doing more uh, games in the night for Arizona, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, Chicago still seventh place record of 15, 19, and seven. Winnipeg Jets fall one spot from fifth to sixth place with a record of 17, 14, and six. 
Dallas Stars slowly moving up the standings one by one, jumping up one spot from sixth to fifth place, a record of 2016 and two. The Minnesota Wild uh, still hold the first wild card spot in the Western Conference with a record of 24, 10, and three, still fourth place last week. The St. Louis Blues still third place from last week with a record of 24, 11, and five. The Nashville Predators fall one spot from first to second place with a record of 26, 14, and three. And the Colorado Avalanche, sitting where I had predicted them finishing in the division, um, first place with a record of 28, 8, and three, jumping up one spot from second to first. And they still have some games in hand on Nashville. So even if Nashville starts winning a bit, or even if they tie and win points, they probably aren't going to be coming out of that first place spot anytime soon, uh, unless Nashville really gets on a win streak. And finishing up the standings roundup and the rest of the episode, Pacific Division. Seattle Kraken, still eighth place, record of 12, 24, and 4. The Vancouver Canucks, record 18, 18, and 4, still seventh place. Edmonton, still sixth place, record of 19, 16, and 2. The Calgary Flames still fifth place with a record of 18, 12, and 6. The San Jose Sharks still hold the second wildcard spot in the Western Conference with a record of 21, 19, and 2. The LA Kings still third place with a record of 20, 16, and 5. The Anaheim Ducks still second place and holding on to, to dear life that second place spot with a record of 20, 16, and 7. Uh, and the Vegas Golden Knights still first place in the division with a record of 24, 15, and 2. Now, we have the new, um, in, across the league, the all the rescheduled, um, postponed games got rescheduled to fill in that three-week uh, buffer that was left for... Um, in case they were to go to the Olympics, which they didn't. So they needed to fill that spot up. And which means that there's going to be a lot of games in that three-week span that could definitely shuffle these uh, standings. Because, um, yeah, it's going to be a lot, of, uh, a lot of teams trying to capitalize on each other with protocols and injuries and so on and so forth and in that big block of time anything's possible um especially how close a lot of these teams are you could find your you could find a dallas uh finding themselves in a playoff spot by the end of that three-week buffer you could find a calgary coming back you could see edmonton after they eventually sign evander kane and evander kane actually becomes you know worth a shit um and Leon Dreisaitl not bitching about the, the press and don't, so on and so forth. Maybe Edmonton could find themselves back in the playoff hunt. But, you know, still a lot of season left to be played. There are ha about half of the half of the league only have, I think there may be like one game shy. Like I know the Blues are one game shy of being halfway done with the season. Um, there's still others that are just now getting in the 30s uh for games played this season so um yeah it's gonna be an absolute bloodbath coming out in the second half of the uh season after the all-star break um 
which should be beginning next week. So for a lot of teams, so we'll see how this all shakes out. Um, and it'll be an interesting time to see these uh, standings roundups getting a little bit more jumbled because uh, teams get on streaks and so on and so forth. But uh, yeah, so so I don't ramble any mo- much longer than I already have. Uh, that's been that, and that's been this. And I know that I said that I was going to have this on a Saturday. I apologize. I apologize. I apologize. Um, just didn't work out um i'll surely try my damnedest to do what i said for this one for next one as i also work on that saturday which means record on friday upload on saturday um or upload on friday but have it available on saturday so we shall try our best to do that but until then Uh, that's been that that's been this and I'll catch you all in the next one thank you very much